start. Sooners of Oklahoma at 12-0 and still looking for respect nationwide. What is up, Sooner Nation? Thank you all for tuning into another episode of the Barry and Mac Show. As always, I'm Barry, personal trainer, sports performance coach out of the Tulsa area, uh, rocking with the man himself, DMAC. We're here for the K State preview. DMAC, how are you today, man? I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good, B, man. I'm uh, looking forward to getting to Norman, Oklahoma, guys. I'm just telling you right now, there's a couple tailgates. I know we got a, you know, we got a tailgating issue happening right now on Lindsay and Jenkins. But guys, on Saturday, Campus Corner, we're going to be at the Turn It Up tailgate. We're going to be over at Reeves Park. I believe there's a cute Omega Sci-Fi tailgate. I got a couple of buddies that I'm going to be checking out their tailgates. Man, if I see you, man, let me get you a drink. Let's 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 have a burger. Let's have a dog, man. Let's get excited about this game Saturday night. And let's kick K-State's ass. Let's go, man. Yeah, the Sooners, 3-0. and Hot off of a win up in Lincoln, Nebraska. They will be welcoming in the Kansas State Wildcats. Uh, Kansas State coming off of a loss. However, don't get it fooled. This team is 2-1. and one. They do have a win over, over South Dakota, Missouri. They kind of took South Dakota to the woodshed, 34-0. Missouri, 40-12. And it was after that game that we said, man, This K-State team, they might have something. But then they went up there and they laid a dud against Tulane, same quarterback who gave OU fits last year. Damian, just from your time playing, could you speak on what the temperament is in the locker room for a situation like this where, man, this was supposed to be a big game and it still is, but K-State getting that L changes the the feel of it a little bit and now it feels a little sneaky you know that you don't want a game like this to come and bite you so so do you have any experience kind of close to this or relevant to something like this the one game that comes to mind for us barry is uh 2000 season obviously we go through red october we beat um you know obviously texas and dallas and then we go down to uh, Kansas, uh, Manhattan and beat Kansas state at home. And then we play Nebraska at home. That was, that was a ridiculous, I think they were number Texas was 10 K state was four. And then obviously Nebraska was one. Well, we go through that, you know, um, gauntlet and we're, 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 we're firmly prepared. Like, yo, we got to play Nebraska again. Like, you know, we're, we're, we're in a position where Nebraska is, is the team that in the mid nineties and late nineties were, Essentially, you know, the the Alabama of today, we beat them in a in a game we feel like was a 50-50 game and we seized the momentum. Um, and so we 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 felt like they were a team that if on a neutral field, that would probably be the team we'd have to play again. And then of course, uh, Nebraska plays K-State, I want to say week 10 or week 11. It's in it's in bad weather. Um, it's a it's a snow game. And, uh, you know, I always say, I think I've said it three or four times, even on this pod, the toughest game I personally played against was K-State. But we all felt like as a team, Nebraska was going to be the team coming out of the North. And of course, K-State wins the game. And so I just, uh, 
you know, I remember as a team watching that game and seeing in the snow, I want to say uh, Quincy Morgan has a, he, he catches a ball and does something in, in traffic and then he gets loose and scores a, a prevailing play. By the way, dude was a stud. Quincy Morgan played for the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers for a couple of years in, in the league. Uh, but Barry, to your question, it obviously totally different landscape, totally different, right, you know, environment. But I remember going into Big 12 Championship Week and expecting to play uh, a Nebraska team, and then K-State shows up. And, of course, I'm like, damn, because <laughs> K-State was tough on receivers, man. They they had good guys, Jeremy Trius Butler. They had uh, – uh, what's the guy who played for the Cowboys? First-round draft pick, Terrence Newman. Uh, they had uh, John McGraw. They had Jared Cooper. I mean, all four of those – by the way, Jeremy Trius Butler – played probably seven eight years for the uh lost uh at that time st louis rams obviously terrence newman played for the cowboys john mcgraw played for the eagles and then jared cooper played for uh the, Ra the raiders like all of those guys were dudes in the nfl like they weren't just college dudes so for receivers <clears throat> tough 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 matchup of course, we had to whoop that ass. I mean, you know, you know mm. we were puppies, but it, it's reminiscent, uh, totally different, different energy. But going into that game, right, you're ready for one opponent or one situation or one scenario. And in, in our instance, right, we're expecting full, fully expecting Nebraska, and then we end up with K State. I think this week, you know, thinking about what our guys have been through the last four years, you know, with with Deuce and um, the game we lost, I think, 19 up there in Manhattan. And then, of course, even last year, right? Like last year, we, we lay an egg. They're expecting K-State to come in, probably a perennial top 25 team, definitely a blue-collar team, ready to bludgeon your nose, and they're okay with standing in the middle of the ring in a boxing match and and and, and throwing from the hip. And then you lose to – who they lose to? South Dakota State or – Tulane. Wow, How, what's the irony, right? The the ironic, uh, the ironic uh, history behind that doesn't matter. Barry does not matter. Saturday comes, and we'll talk about predictions and things of that nature here in a minute. We know their mo. We know their track record. We know that the genealogy and the coaching tree, and obviously, there's been you know the new coach doesn't come from. I call him uh, Megatron. You know, the old man, man, he's Megatron, dude. That dude is just like uh, when I was read that story about what BV and he having that conversation and how they still stay in touch because, you know, he gave BV his first job. It was just like, dang. But on Saturday, Oklahoma Sooners, new identity, new grit. It doesn't matter if K-State was supposed to be 3-0 and or if they show up 2-1. It doesn't matter if Tulane pulled off an upset and – uh you know, they won that game. We got to handle business. So it's us versus against us. It's us versus us on Saturday. And we got to be the best version of the Oklahoma Sooners we can be. And let's talk a little bit about what OU will be facing. So OU so far this season has shown some, some improvements on the defensive side of the ball. Offensive side of the ball still looks good. Maybe not as electric as in the past, but it's just different. And you got to give them a chance, uh, kind of let let things get going, let let them find their their footing, if you will. But offensively for K State, that's the concern for their fans for sure. Their defense 
so far this season has played pretty well. It's it's sort of par for the course for Kansas State. Maybe even a little bit better. Uh, they have an elite guy on the on the line that we'll talk about maybe a little bit here. But offensively, Adrian Martinez comes in. He takes over the helm at the queue. Obviously, Sooner fans are very familiar with him and his performance in Norman last year. A guy who's a fantastic athlete, known for being uh, on Caleb Kelly's high school team. He was Caleb Kelly's quarterback, if uh, people didn't know that. Random fact. And, of course, Deuce Vaughn. Uh, the offensive line, maybe not as big a guys or as maulers, but they've still got Phil Brooks on the outside. Uh, they still still have some speed at the receiver positions. But Deuce Vaughn is, the, is their man. He's the one who has been just the sooner killer the past few years. It feels like that guy's been there forever. Damian, this is going to be a challenge for the defense, K-State 2-1 and one or not. How are the Sooners going to man up, step up to the challenge, and deal with Deuce Vaughn in a way, in a proper way, maybe they haven't these past few years now under Brent Venables and, of course, Ted Roof? You want to hear something interesting? And, and by the way, this is like tinfoil cap. Like, I don't have any inside knowledge to this, but I want to tell you, just looking at this game from how a college program, or at least how we looked at it at OU, here's something that I really love that Coach V did, Coach BV. Last week, he took a puppy. There was this kid. I think he's from Kansas. I think the kid's from Kansas. I think he's from Kansas. Barry, I think the kid's from Kansas. He's number seven. His name's Kenny. Is he from Kansas? He is from Kansas. He is from Kansas. Perfect. So last Saturday, he if you go back and watch the film, there's pro I, I, I got to go back. I don't count the exact number, but there's literally more than 10 plays where Kenny's playing center, center field. Like he's literally the center field safety. And we talked about this a little bit in the past in terms of um, – you know, how, how defenses work and how schemes are working, every single play, his job is to rob. And 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 he's not even robbing the pass. He's like run blitz robbing. Like he's starting at 12 and on the hike of the ball, he's essentially doing the same thing a backer would do. He's grabbing grass and cutting off angles. And, and we talked about this last week and we, we made it be very clear that what he essentially was doing was lining up over the football and bananaing as a middle backer at a safety depth from reading, hey, is it a run? Okay, it's a run. I'm diagnosing. I'm going after the ball. I Again, I you know, we talked about the 30 front. We talked about different cane, uh, contained defenders, different, um, you know, edge defenders, how many people were, were, were holding the edge. I'm telling you, Barry, what, we, what I saw Canning do, and this is only my own tinfoil cap theory, was definitely to let K-State know we have uh, a jack-of-all-trades to shut down Deuce. We're not going to create some weird or crazed uh, scheme to, to bottle him. We've got our guy. And what if Canik can just – because what will happen is Deuce will be lined up seven yards or eight yards deep, whatever it is, and he will feel or sense anyone who's ever played football knows what I'm talking about, whether it's peewee league, whether it's high school, JV, whatever, or you're playing varsity or you're playing Saturday or Sunday. When you're getting the ball, you have a sense of whose job it is to get you. And you generally, it's a backer, right? You're filling the play side backer. You're filling the strong side backer, weak, weak side backer, the covered, uncovered backer. 
whatever. On film, Coach Venables makes it blatantly obvious, Barry, blatantly. It's blatantly obvious. When you guys run to the field, I've got a guy who's going to go inside out on you. When you guys run to the boundary, I've got a guy who's going to run inside out on you. And we don't do it every possession. We don't do it every single time. So it's not something they can just key and create an offensive scheme around. We probably run it, I don't know, 20 snaps, which is enough to let them know it's significant. But it's not enough to say it's the primary game plan. Genius. It's absolutely genius, Barry. So um, I'm looking at that. And I'm uh, by the by the time we're in the middle of the third quarter, when they're starting to take the starters out. And by the way, Canik stayed in um, against Nebraska. I'm smiling because I'm like, damn, Coach V don't give him no, no room for error, right? Like K-State has to respect that we have that in our back pocket. But then there are plays when he's playing a true cheetah and he's playing the overhang. And then there's two full games where we're playing in a 40 front and there's two down linemen, you know, inside the guards. <laughs> and then there's plays where three of our linemen are on one side of the center, guard center tackle, or our end tackle end. And then there's plays where we're base. So if you're asking me how we plan on bottling Deuce, I'm going to respond to you, Barry, and say my question to you is, how do you think K-State is going to respond to a defense that's extremely multiple and has shown through multiple games, probably, I don't know, four or five different fronts? That's the chess match Saturday. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And and I'll even take it a step further. One of the hallmarks of Venables in his first kind of round at Oklahoma uh, with coach Mike Stoops and then, of course, um, by himself was I mean, people know this, that the man is a mastermind. He's a whiz at what he does. He did it here, did it at Clemson. But he was known for being able to construct a defense that did a great job at taking away the offense's number one option. If And what we've seen the past four to five years was a defense that did not do that. They, How many times would you go in a game and say, Deuce Vaughn is the focus? Um, you know, so-and-so is, is the focus. Just pick random star player, the receiver at TCU who went off last year, pick whoever it is, that player who you know is the focus, they, they still go out there and not only are they able to dominate offensively, but the ancillary pieces around that are able to get going. And then now you're in a dogfight where as if your star guy is struggling, I, it's true in basketball, it's true in, in every sport. That there's a feel that you get when your guy, the guy who's sort of your leader who makes things work, when he's not able to get stuff rolling, that impacts the team. The no ifs, ands, or buts about it. And I think what OU does also have to their advantage going into this one is coverage has been cleaner and more aggressive. And one of the things I remember from these K State games was not only would Deuce go off, not only would he have a great game, but soft coverage on the outside led to easy four- and five-yard pickups, regular basis. They'd hit a guy like Phil Brooks. They'd hit a guy like Knowles on the outside. And K-State was able to chew up clock 
by keeping things very simple, but moving the chains that they would pick up that that sort of army app state idea of control the clock, control the game control, keep possession, be in second and short, be in third and short, be strategic on your fourth downs. And that's how they would would play Oklahoma. And OU would not have the aggressiveness or, or take that approach that is necessary to take control of the game early. And it always felt that the longer things remained that way, particularly early on, and it always felt like you could really tell first quarter, mid-first quarter, maybe early second, you got a feel for how this thing was going. Felt like that with West Virginia, felt like that with K-State. Just it, it always seems to have that same tempo early on and it would never change. I think there is an aggressive style and then also just the style for K-State of not being familiar with what OU's doing. Oh, the K-State has had years now of seeing the, uh, the, the slants by the defensive line, watching the way the backers flow, knowing what kind of coverage they're going to get with what looks. And this year, I mean, kind of an underrated piece, but you're going in there almost like when Aranda took over at Baylor, that they have not played against this defense, that they have not had experience playing against this specific set of personnel structured and placed in the positions that they are. So I think that bodes well for Oklahoma in this case. Do you have anything you'd like to add to that? I do. I want to throw a couple stats at you. Uh, obviously, just talking from a, a you know a macro lens on the game on Saturday. Here, here here's a couple of things to be thinking about. Um, K State currently has three separate uh, ball carriers with over a hundred yards on the season. Uh, obviously, Deuce, uh, Adrian Martinez, and then uh, the other running back Giddens. Which, by the way, I remember that guy from last year. Are you ready for this? K-State currently has no receiver on the entire team with a total of 100 yards this season yet. Top receivers caught 10 balls. They've got Deuce and Knowles, who's Knowles a stud. He was a stud at least in, in past years. Uh, each have caught 10 balls apiece. Um, total pass yards on the season, 346 yards. So I look at these numbers, Barry, and what it tells me is um, twofold, right? The, the checkers of this, and, and, and I say checkers because the primary objective in checkers is to get across the board and become a king. Because once you're a king, you can, you know, you can fly over, uh, you know, multiple uh, uh, spaces, right, to, to, to capture another, um, another whatever those things are called on the board, checker piece. So the checkers of it says, you look at the numbers. I'm looking at my scouting report. It's Monday and I'm on defense. And I'm like, damn, nobody has 100 yards. The first... Uh, thing that I'm thinking is a quarterback can throw, right? They don't have a gunslinger, right? Checkers. The second thing I'm looking at is, okay, Deuce is is, is doing what he does. Deuce has, he's averaging 5.7 yards a carry. He has multiple touchdowns. Um, he's already had a, a run of over 50 yards on the season, right? So we know, uh, uh, excuse me, his longest run is 39 yards. We know he's, he's going to be a primary, um, you know, component of their offense, so the chess, the checkers, right? Let's just say it's peewee football or maybe even JV football. If I'm a JV football coach, watch this. Let me just ask you. You're a JV football coach. You're looking at the, the opponent's uh, stats 
for the first three games of the season. And like I said, no receiver in the entire program has a total of 100 yards. Not that they're averaging 100 yards. No one even has 100 yards yet. They've got 718 rushing yards. Three separate rushers have gotten over 100 yards. And uh, two different ball carriers are averaging over five yards per carrier. What's going to be your primary um, deterrent to their offense being successful? What are you going to be aiming to do? Stop the what? Stop the run. You got to be able okay, to stop perfect. the run. Perfect. So that's the that's the checkers, right? You talk to Billy Bob. You talk to even you probably even talk to Sally and or, you know, whoever, right? Super casual Joe. They can look at the data and say, OK, got it. That team can't throw. They struggle throwing the ball. We probably got to stop the run. But the chess match is a college football coach knows that's the case. A college football coach says, okay, what are our weaknesses and what are our strengths? What is OU going to prioritize taking away? Deuce, they're going to prioritize taking you away. So if I'm Coach V, if I'm BV, a couple of things. Number one, we cannot allow a tight end who is a stud yet hasn't had they struggled getting the ball to him. Be someone who, like week one against UTEP, how Willis has a big game and is able to get one-on-one, and we know he's a mismatch if he's ever left in, in space, make plays. So BV says, hey, Cheetah, hey, Key Lawrence, hey, B. Bowman, we've got all this stuff cooking. It's not your job. Your job is to make sure these, like you said, these ancillary players, these secondary guys don't get going. Five, you got me. 23, you got me. 37, you got me. Seven, you got me. Coach, I got you. Okay, perfect. All week in practice, I'm going to throw 10 different looks at you. By Wednesday, I need you to not get beat. By Thursday, I need you to be able to tell me in the walkthrough what's happening. You got that? Yeah, I got that. Cool. Got it. All right. Then they're looking like, okay, their top receivers knows. Hey, Woody. What's up, coach? Woody, seriously. What's up, bro? Coach. Woody, I need you to do me a favor. What you need? I'm going to put you on nose the entire game. What? Yeah, man, I know you like to play on the left-hand side. I know that's kind of your thing, but this week, we want to shut their asses down. We want to prove a point to America. Woody, can you follow them all across the field? Yeah, if I do, and I let you play man up, you know, you're not inside cheating to the outside. You're not outside cheating to the inside. Can you just man up, hold them down? Coach, I got your back. Cool. When you when you do, when you pat your helmet, I'll put a safety on the top. Otherwise, you're on an island. Can you live with that? I can live with that. Again, film says he's been the, the defense has been rotating away, rotating away from him on film, multiple games against what's the kid's name from Kent State that you said was an NFL guy? Uh, Cephas. Cephas. The kid, there's 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 multiple plays on film where you can tell Coach V and Coach Valai and Woody had that conversation because when you're watching the, the all 22 or when you're watching the wide lens the defense is rotating away from Woody and Woody's holding it down. So you know that we have to assume that conversations happen. It's the chess match, right? Then Coach V goes to the D-line. Hey, fellas, what's up, Coach? How'd you guys like Nebraska? Oh, man, Coach, we had a good time. You guys liked it? Yeah, man, we penetrated. We, you know, we got sacks. We got tackles for losses. Okay, let me shut that shit up right now. What? Let me shut that shit up right now. What do you mean, Coach? Listen, this week, we got to kill QB1. Run game. The only thing Martinez can do, the only thing he can do is run the football. Hey, Grimes. Hey, Johnson. Downs. What's up, Kelly? What's up, Coach Cole? What's up? Listen, I need you guys to make sure you stay in your lanes and you shut down the edge. Can you guys make sure you do that? Yeah, Coach. Listen, I promise you, you guys do that for two quarters and we hit the ass in the mouth. You guys are going to be able to go seize the quarterback. But we're playing chess for two quarters. 
and you guys promise me you're going to do your job and not Lori Hunt and Chase Sacks. Yeah, coach, I promise. What do you mean? Well, dude, they don't have any receiver on their team who's got 100 yards for the season. So why the hell are we chasing Sacks? Let's kill the run game. Second half, they're going to have to pass. And then you guys can chase Sacks. Does that make sense? That makes sense. So to kind of capture what you were saying and kind of materialize it in a way where it's implemented, those, and, and obviously I'm sensationalizing, right? For all of our listeners, you guys know that's not the <laughs> rhetoric in which the conversation <laughs> happens, but <laughs> but that's that's the ideology. I want you guys to understand when your guys understand what they're doing, why they're doing it, and how to do it, it makes all the difference in the world. And so clearly, like I said, Tim Foyle had, I, I, if you guys remember, I preempted this by saying Tim Foyle had, I think... Those are the conversations BV is having with his guys. I think BV is telling Canick and or White and or, you know, Harrington, whoever's going to be playing that that third safety, who's essentially a backer at 12 yards, 12 yards depth. And hey, man, go chase the football. I think he does that to let K-State and 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 their whole community and specifically Deuce know we're not going to run some crazy thing. We're just going to do one V one. And my guy's going to be 12 yards off the ball. And that way, if he reads pass, he can help and and jump something or he can rob something. But if it's run, he's right behind the backers. So if the play tricks our backers and somebody gets out of there, we've got a guy right behind him who can go back their asses up. I think it's genius, Barry. I think it's genius. Obviously, this is just me kind of telling my tall tale. We'll call it D-Max Fables. You know what I'm saying? These are D-Max Fables for now. But when I watch the game and I'm watching K-State and I say, who's on the schedule next Saturday? Oh, because here's what we know. Barry, again, Casual Joe, Sally Mae, right, who Billy Bob, they all know, you know, my wife is not a huge football fan, but when we played K-State the last four years, she's like, damn, babe, you know, they look like they're beating you guys up. Damn, babe, like, why are their guys so aggressive? Damn, babe, they're pushing you guys off the ball. K-State knows their one trick pony is to be the bully. Bully the bully. Iowa State did it. Baylor started catching on to doing it. K-State started it, right? We can say Campbell and those guys, but K-State started it. And I know Coach BV has the film. Coach is watching the film like, damn, every play is played one yard in our backfield versus one yard in their backfield. He sees it, I'm telling you. So looking at this game, I know Q, don't be surprised if Q1, uh, our guys are a little overly aggressive. I think they're going to play assignment football. If I remember games. The, the Nebraska game was like that for us. Nebraska would beat people up, and it was very important for us to let them know we weren't going to be punked out. And so that game, the first, I don't know, eight minutes of the first quarter, we were overly aggressive. And they ran option pass and threw the ball to uh, their tight end for a touchdown, right? And on defense, they they lined up and bump, and they were dropping and cover three every play. So we're throwing quick, quick game and everybody's in zone so they can see what's happening and they're coming up and rallying to the football. And that's why we get behind early. But then we're like, wait a minute, we have a job to do. Coach prepared us. Let's just do our job and stop just letting adrenaline, you know, stop playing checkers. And that's why I asked you initially, the checkers say, oh, my God, they can't throw. Let's just, you know, everybody go get the run. That That's checkers. The chess is to get very, very clear, get discreet and intentional with the different position groups. Make sure guys know what to do, but also how to do it and why they're doing it. And 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 Barry, 
It's 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 thirty minutes, bro. They don't have the Jimmys and Joes. Whatever the X's and O's are, and the temperament, and the culture, and 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 the aggressiveness, they don't have the guys. They don't size up to our guys, and it's something Lincoln Riley never took into account. He looked at the tangibles. He never looked at the intangibles. Clearly, Coach V looks at both. Thirty minutes of us doing that. I'll give my score later, but let's just say you know we can go back to our tailgate in the third quarter. And and have fun drinking brews and and and, and rubbing shoulders with the Sooner Nation because we're up big. Like I I firmly believe that's possible if if we come out the gates the correct way. Well, and that was the sort of the temperament of previous teams was they would have fast starts, but when those fast starts did not happen, when they were unsuccessful, when they got hit in the mouth every time, every single game. For for your for your Billy Bobs and your, your Sally Mays, man, they are sitting back watching that going, this is going to be the same old story. And I think for, for Sooner fans, seeing the way the Nebraska game played out with a team that wouldn't say they're kind of a junior K-State, it, they're definitely not, not as talented and certainly not as well coached, but the the temperament and the way they wanted to to attack Oklahoma and try to be physical the way they were a year ago what was what was on people's minds and seeing that play out against Nebraska the way it did i think it gave people a little pause it it, it maybe maybe made them feel a little bit better about what could potentially happen this saturday and an area where OU has struggled to start fast against Kansas State has been on offense. And it felt like if they couldn't get things going early, it would be a struggle down the road. OU would end up in multi, I believe last year there were multiple just third and longs, mistake after mistake, whether it's penalty, whether it's a hold, personal foul, just stuff that you can't have happen particularly early and it's not aggressive penalties. It's penalties that you just, that, that can't happen in a game like that against a team that is going to feel and feed off of that momentum. And offensively, OU's got a little bit of a task. Uh, K-State's bringing in pretty talented defense that has played well so far. They were the highlight of the Tulane game against a quarterback for Tulane who played against OU last year and played pretty well. I certainly don't want to butcher the gent's name, but it is Felix Anudike Uzoma. I think I nailed that. And plays DM for him. <laughs> he is he's potentially a problem. They got a few other guys on the back end with quite a bit of experience. As with K-State, they're pretty senior laden on the defensive side. So not a lot of mistakes that they play sound assignment discipline football since you've been there since, since the, the Snyder days. That's just how K-State played football. And OU should never go out against K-State and not be able to out-athlete everybody on that field. And as you said, the, the Jimmys and Joes, that's what's been so frustrating about this team is OU is so much more supremely talented every single position on the field, but it was that physical piece. The, the Sooners in this game, offensively, they've got to set the tone 
And I think for this game, it continues to be the ground game. I think this is a game where you see Eric Gray. Maybe you see a little more major. Maybe you see some of that downhill, hit you in the mouth, truck you, stand over you, don't get a penalty, but then move on and and control a little bit of the game early by how you play offense. The offensive line, Anton Harrison, who has gotten a lot of shine this past week for how he performed against Nebraska, he'll have his hands full. We'll kind of see how K-State plays that matchup on the defensive front. I know other podcasts and radio shows have kind of talked about that a little bit. Offensively, Damian, what do the Sooners have to do to keep this offense that's not quite as electric in the past, but maybe plays with a little bit different attitude what do the Sooners have to do to keep this thing from being a game after those first 30 minutes? I don't want to sound cliche, but we got to win the turnover <clears throat> battle. Um, there's three things. We got to win the turnover battle. Third down is going to be really important. I think the because of the, the way in which our offense moves so fast, one thing that can really change the energy is if we have quick three and outs at the beginning of the game. It gives them energy and it and it takes energy away from us. It sucks energy away from us. So I, 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 you know, when I think about how they're scheming and planning a primetime game, nights, night game, obviously, you know, the last five years, how that game has turned out didn't matter if we were playing at home or in Manhattan, didn't matter. I'll be interested to see what our identity looks like the first eight minutes of the first quarter. Now, I don't think this believes Levy's going to, slow down and or you know get like into a huddle even a, like a, a muddle huddle where you kind of just kind of half huddle i don't think we do that i think we kind of keep our foot on the gas but I, it would be interesting to see what measures they have in place in the event we have a slow start like we did you know for three minutes and 22 seconds in nebraska but what matters more a barry is we continue to see the offensive line gel it was really good to see 72 uh make lots of listen for all of the hill 72 got the first two games, he made touchdown ceiling blocks on backers against Nebraska. And again, like I said, hate to, you know, to my own horn or, pat, or my own horn or pat myself on the back. But I was like, dude, the first two games were not scheming them. I promise you we're going to scheme Nebraska. And of course, we scheme Nebraska. So, you know, we're prepared for their front. And I think it's going to be it's really important for us to be able to, when the numbers say, run the ball, run the ball with some form of success. You talked about, Barry, I heard you say, you know, um, we have better players from top to bottom. And I'm here to tell you, go back and watch the film. The free safety, I think he was number 23 for uh, K-State, is the best DB on the field the last two years. By the way, I, I, we can we can set up a time and argue. I love our corners those guys and, and and what they're asked to do versus that guy and what he was asked to do the last eight quarters he was a game changing difference maker and so um in the in the in the passing game it's going to be essential for a Dylan to to read the box and say okay they've got two high safeties they've got man on on the outside we've got the numbers we can run the ball okay they've got one high safety right and they've got, you know, man on who we need to throw the ball. Or they've got two high safeties and they've only got two DBs covering three receivers. We need to throw the screen. Like it's going to be important for him to set us up in the RPO offense uh, into the right play. 
And, you know, I know I'm speaking fast, but for those of you who may not understand what I'm saying is when you're doing an RPO, it's essentially doing math. You look at, you know, you're generally an 11 personnel, which means one back and one tight end and the rest are small guys. So they're running back or receiver types, right? Receiver types, running backs and tight ends. But if we're an 11 personnel and they put three DBs, three DB types on our three receivers, and then they have two safeties high, so they're going to cover two or shell defense. The math says with an RPO based offense, we need to run the ball and gosh, dang it, O-line, we need to, we need to, you know, uh, win, win that battle versus they've got one safety high, which means an additional man is in the box and they've got three DBs and our three guys. We need to say, we have better guys than you. We're going to run a slant. We're going to run a fade or we're going to run a comeback. It's not a full route tree. It's not nine different routes. We're going to run a slant. We're going to run a fade. We're going to run a comeback curl type play. And my guy's better than your guy. My quarterback's going to take his read steps. He's going to mess with the running back and then he's going to throw the ball. Or if they keep two safeties high and they say, yo, we're going to cheat a backer type into the box to help stop the run. Now there's three receivers and only two DB types on the field. We have numbers to do quick game and or screens and or stuff on the edge, right? So when you're looking at Dylan and uh, we play against K-State, I'm going to be paying attention to how linebackers split their gaps. What's the depth in which the safeties are lining up at? Are they going from a cover three and then one safety is immediately robbing and turning into a three, one matchup zone? Um, you know, where is the overhang? Is the overhang closer to the box or is the overhang cheating out to the receivers? Because we know we see how wide our receivers like to get. Those are the, the nuances that I know Levy's going to be wanting to see because he's going to be in the box. And Dylan's going to be reading pre-snap to see, you know, what plays are in our favor. Are we going to run the inside zone? Are we going to run um, the wham block where our, 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 uh, we call it, we call it a sniffer, but it's a tight end off the line of scrimmage who can motion, who can go across the formation, who can pull, right? When you've got a tight end who's off the ball, but still in the box, we call that a sniffer because a lot of times in our offense, he's leading up and being essentially the power guard. He's, he's powering through the hole or he's kicking out or he's, we're leaving that backside tackle and he's coming in. It's called a wham block and he's bam, he's kicking his ass out and all of our line are caving the rest of the defense. It, it'll be interesting to see, you know, what that looks like again, Barry, the first eight minutes of the game. If we can run the football because they choose to take away the pass game, we should be good. Or if we can consistently find the mismatch in the secondary where they've got a, you know, they've got a corner who maybe he's five nine and runs a four six, or maybe they've got a six two guy who's long, but he doesn't have good change of direction and we can beat him on a double move. We've got to pinpoint where that weakness is and we got to press. We got to press. We got to press. If we do that, and I love it because it's such SEC style football the last 12 years. Like we've literally been running Texas text crap. Like, dude, we're running like big 12 crap. Levy has essentially taken us into the SEC where we say, where's the, ah, there's the weakness. And we're going to press it and then press it and then press it and then press that shit again and then press it. So the eight minute mark will let us know, you know, what all you sees in their defense that we can take advantage of. And here's the beauty of it. With Lincoln, we were like, oh, we're going to beat them with, you know, window dressing. And we're going to beat them with cute stuff. Nah, that's not how Levy does it. And, and Sooner Nation, listen to me. That's not our formula anymore. Our formula now is to 
read numbers, and then find the mismatch and then just watch us abuse it. Nebraska couldn't cover Farouk. It does not, it's not an accident. All of a sudden he had a great day. The guy covering Farouk couldn't cover him. They were, he was not the athlete Farouk was. And because of that, Jalil had a big day. He should have had a bigger day if uh Dylan doesn't miss him on the banging eight post. And Damien, I'm gonna even take this. You talked a little bit about just the 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 mentality OU has to have going into this game. How they are going to feature the run game, uh, the the attitude. And I'm going to say this is going to be the first game where what OU did in the off season and who they brought in over this past off season is really going to be showcased on the field. And I am talking about the changeover and how the strength program has been done. A hundred percent. So, Barry, so his name is the Big Bad Wolf. You got to call him the Big Bad Wolf. Barry, the, you got to say the Big Bad Wolf. That's what you got to call him. Big Bad <laughs> Wolf. Because here's the deal. K-State's had themselves a Big Bad Wolf and Chris Dawson for a long time. He Oh, shout out to CD, man. Hold on, hold on. Hold on. I got to interrupt you, bro. Go. CD is my – he saved my life. What? Chris Dawson saved my life. I mean, not literally, but like my freshman year, I come in on a bum wheel. I lied to the coach. I don't lie, but I didn't disclose that I heard my knee again you know i tore my acl football mm-hmm. season i got my my knee repaired my senior trip i go to hawaii i go to hawaii barry like i'm in hawaii and i'm trying to be cool and by the way i'm like 90 percent. like i'm kind of like cool i'm ready to go and we're on these cliffs and the the tide's coming in so the waves are coming in and my buddy's on the cliff and he's like yo when the waves come in you jump in right and we're probably like i don't know 15 feet in the air so we're not extremely high but we're high enough and so my buddy the wave comes in it comes to the shore he jumps in super fun the wave pulls him out about you know i don't know 30 40 yards and then the wave comes and pulls him back in and he 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 is back on the beach so i'm like oh hell yeah my other buddy does it the wave comes in he jumps in the water the wave goes out or the the tide goes out it pulls him out about 30 40 yards and then the wave come back in and it takes him to the beach so i'm like hell yeah i'm about to do this <laughs> Barry, I missed time. I jumped. So the waves are coming, or the tide's coming back in. Here comes the wave. What I'm looking at is I'm like, oh, I want to time the wave. So I jump when the wave gets to me. Well, the wave is there, but the water hasn't really, you know what I mean? Like fully surfaced in that area. So I jump directly into the bottom of the freaking sand. Boom. And it's puts a lot of pressure on my knee. The remainder of my trip, my knee swollen, I'm limping, and I'm like, oh, shit, I got to go to OU in like seven days. So all that happens. I get to OU. Um, Scott, who he just retired last spring, shout out to Scott Anderson. That's my man. Scott's like, yo, when did you have knee surgery? I was like, yeah, uh, I had knee surgery in December. He was like, yeah, so why the hell is your knee swollen in June? (laughs) I was like, "Uh, I don't know. I didn't tell him. Like, I literally didn't tell him. Like, yeah, man, I went to Hawaii. was cliff jumping <laughs> that is a true story bro this is a true story this is a totally true story so uh i told the story i believe on, on one of the first pods they were trying to get me to quit because i think they thought my knee was like terrible but in reality i had kind of hurt it again like a week before i reported <laughs> but once i <laughs> once i didn't quit what they did is they assigned me to chris dawson and he was obviously an assistant coach for prince uh, blair prince who was also a really quality man and for probably five months barry 
his I mean, he had other responsibilities. He did stuff with the players, but for an hour a day, five days a week, he and I were together rehabilitating my knee. And so obviously we developed a really close relationship. I was extremely excited for him when he ended up at K-State. It totally fit with Schneider and the rest of those guys over there, just blue collar, work your ass off. Like that's totally CD's uh mo and so when you brought the name up is he he's not is he still there no it's tremendous it's tremaine carroll there he was there wow. until last year wow okay last we'll year see. was his last year got it cd took care of me man he got my body right he got my knee right he got me out of that damn brace they had me wearing a brace for about eight months i hated it and i i told i told chris i said hey man I need you to make me a promise. He's like, D-Mac, what's up? I said, I need you to promise me you're going to get me so right. I never have to wear a brace in the game. And so sure enough, my freshman year after I redshirted, he helps me out for eight months. Boom. August, uh, August 1999, I line up against Indiana State, August of 1999, and I don't have a knee brace. So when you wow. bring that name up, it means something to me because he's a guy who was with me at 6 a.m. He's a guy who was with me on Fridays when the team was traveling. He would stay back. Trent worked me out and then he would drive his car up to an Oklahoma state or stuff like, like he, he went over and beyond to make sure I got my rehab done. And he's one of the reasons why I came back. I went from a four, six, I ran a four, six, six, my first 40, I was uh, obviously limping. They were like, dude, you're limping. I ran a four, six, one, um, that first off season, Schmitty's first off season, my second off season after working with, uh, Jerry Schmidt, I ran a four four eight, and then we started doing our forties on pro day, and they started doing the electronic. I ran a four five one electronic yeah. um, going into my junior season. So shout out to to Chris Dawson because he's one of the primary reasons why I was able to actually suit up and play. So anyway, back to your story. Yeah. I, I didn't mean to. No, I didn't man, mean to kill your beautiful. story, bro. But CDs, my man. Well, here's the deal, and I think it illustrates the point: is so often teams will mirror the the personality and the temperament of the of the person that is getting them through the off season that's where the, we've talked about it we had a whole podcast devoted to it if you haven't heard it go back and listen episode 2 it's a great one but so much of who you are as a team is built at that time and when you have a guy like a Chris Dawson or a guy like a Tremaine Carroll who comes from the kind of the Rob Glass lineage. I think he was um, under him at Oklahoma State, who was also another excellent strength coach. And the reason that Oklahoma State has been able to outperform, I know, don't give him no love. I got you. But anyways, this is going to be the first <laughs> game where I think that offseason change is really going to showcase. I mean, I have a video that was pretty well known and the video that I have of the offensive line is actually from the Kansas State game in 2021. And so that sort of illustrates the, the point of mentality, physical conditioning, because I think past couple years, OU has gotten in that game against Kansas State. And I think Kansas State has more dog in them at the end of the game. I just, sure. I just do. And that is built in the off season. I think this is the first game where that stuff is really going to matter. OU has had the better players so far. The, the, the margin of error has been not quite as slim. The margin of error gets slimmer. And in this case, you have to be able to maximize talent. This is where the additional explosiveness of a Marvin Mims, 
of an Eric Gray, of Dylan Gabriel and his ability to, to escape the pocket and get out there on the edge and run a little bit becomes a factor. Maybe in a game like this, you see a little more QB run. Who knows? You know, might be a little wrinkle they throw in. But I do think that that is going to be uh, just something to keep in mind in this game because I, I think I think it's a factor. I think it's a macro factor, but 100% a piece. So, man, we've broken this thing down a little bit. We've talked about the X's and O's, a little bit of the big picture lens. For the listeners, DMAC, what happens this Saturday? What is the score of the OUK State game that kicks off in Norman? I believe kickoff is 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock. 6 p.m., baby. 6 p. There we go. So what happens, man? What's your what's your score pick? My primary matchups are our offensive line versus their defensive line and vice versa. Um, I look for on both sides of the ball, I want to see us dominate. I expect us to dominate. I am not going to hold back. I'm not going to you know, play the judicial role. I'm not going to be an individual who's saying I want to listen. Football is not about, you know, being diplomatic. Football is about dominating the freaking line of scrimmage. And I look forward to seeing both sides, Barry, not just the defense and coach V being schematic and doing a bunch of stuff where that the offensive line is shell shocked of K-State. Nope. Not just Lebby and those guys reading the box and saying, hey, when they've got a light box, we're going to run the ball. Or when they've got a heavy box, we're going we're to throw the ball. I'm looking forward to us dominating this game. I want K-State to know this year and next, the last two years they get to play us, you're not in our league. You're not in our league. I look forward to the game um, being one in which we score on our first possession, and then we stop them. And then we score on our second possession, and then we stop them. And then we score on our third possession, and by that time, they're, they, they're walking off to the side. They're on the, the sideline looking at their coaches like, we don't deserve to be in this game. We haven't had a game like that against a team like K-State in over a decade. I'll wait for you or anyone else to tell me who's a team that's a pretty tough team that we've just come and stepped on their throat from 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 play one and dominated them on both sides of the ball. I'm not talking about the the, the Texas Techs. I'm not talking about, you know, a UCLA. I'm not I'm talking about a team that comes in with a pedigree and a and a track record of being sort of sort of a bully and us playing the way we need to play. Barry, give me, I, this is what I firmly believe, and I'm going to stick to it. Give me 41-13. We win by four touchdowns. Um, I think we put, so here, now, now you ready for my tinfoil cap again? You ready for this? Right. Here's what happens. We beat them so handedly. What's their head coach's first name? I always forget his name. Do you remember um, his name? Matt, is it Matt Kleiman? It's a climate. It's climate. Climate. You ready for this? You ready for this? You ready for this? Mark my words. We beat them 41 13. And then all the rumors start to come out that he checked out when they lost to Tulane because Trev Albert and the crew wanted to hire him at Nebraska. He takes on that job and we lose credit for dominating a tough team. Because they're saying, oh, the coach was distracted. And then next week, who do we have next week? TCU? Is that right? I think it's TCU. Yep. I'll we, got, we, got, we got the Corn Frogs next week, right? So next week, the 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 main, you know, the ESPNs 
the the talking heads, those guys again say, oh, yeah, but they're going to yeah, but us again. And that's exactly what I want. Give me 41-13. DG throws three. Um, He runs one. The running game is strong. We run for over 180 yards. Uh, I think we win the turnover margin three to one. Here's the bigger deal. I believe we have four or more three and outs on defense. On defense, three, four times or more, we hold them to three and out. And guys, you know, salute to all you guys who've been listening. We were watching our numbers, guys. We doubled our numbers the last seven days, which is salute to you guys. I'm super grateful. But I'm not saying this with crimson colored glasses. I'm saying this because I'm telling you guys how to create a championship caliber team. And I believe we have a championship caliber team. Four, three and outs. We win the turnover margin three to one. Um, 41-13. And we dominate the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball like last Saturday. Barry, what's your thoughts? I'm with you. The score's a little bit different. But I also think that this game is going to showcase another piece that has been a focus in the offseason, a focus in the fall, and a focus in season. And I think this is going to be what sets the tone early. I think special teams are going to play a massive role in favor of Oklahoma. I think in this game, Marvin Mims will have the most punt return yards of his career. I know that's not saying much because he hit him up against Nebraska. <laughs> but So basically the most of the season. Most of the season. he <laughs> There will be a special teams touchdown for wow. Oklahoma in this game. It, it may be a block punt. It may be a punt return, kick return. This is the type of game where something like that is such a massive backbreaker. The end. OU has been dominated so much in that area against Kansas State that I feel it's going to be a focus, and they're going to be able to say, hey, all those special team guys who maybe aren't playing on the field as much, this is where you can get your name out there. This is where you can impact the game, and this is your opportunity. And I think we definitely see that. Uh, I, I think it's going to be interesting to see some of those receiver corner matchups on the edge. Again, K-State has some experience there, but Oklahoma has some players who are improved. Does Marvin Mims have another showcase game? Uh, do other guys step up? Is this a game where maybe Theo Weiss steps up because they try and take away a Marvin Mims, take away a Farouk? Do we see Theo Weiss get a few more catches? But DMAC, 37-13. to 13. That is the final. Uh, Oklahoma. Man, and by the way, we caught a lot of heat for what we predicted OU's offensive output per game will be. And it's been pretty close to what we kind of <laughs> both agreed would be the general output. Yes. Because they got I'm defense. I want to reserve judgment. We said that. We said, listen, I believe we're going to do better on defense. And because of that, we won't need to score as much. But we're we're, we're behind. I think we're averaging like 37 or something like that right now. But we're getting in the conference. And, uh, you know, we're going to be playing against teams that are going to, you know, they've got guys too. They obviously recruit Texas well. But I like the 37-13. I was actually thinking uh, 35-13, but we're going to score again. And, or, or it's going to be two additional field goals. We're going to score on more possessions. So I firmly believe we're going to touch 40 for this particular game. And it's going to put every – it's going to – like when's the last time 
we've scored 40 and K-State scored not 20, you know, and they didn't have that one coach who was terrible for like three years. Like Snyder's teams, we never beat them like that. But I never beat K-State like that. Like my years, we beat them. Uh, shit, 34, 24, I believe, and then Big Nat, Big 12 championships, and then 35, 42, or something like that in Manhattan. And then the old Robeson year, we won like 38, 35, bro. Like they came back and they just yeah. never quit. <clears throat> so, looking forward to that. Quick question for you who are a few, and, I, and I'll give you mine, and then we can we can jump out of here and, and, and get the Sooner Caravans heading up to Norman and down to Norman, wherever you're coming from. But who are two or three players? you're paying close attention to who do you think are going to be the primary guys that we're going to need to step up and make shit happen so that we can win the game on Saturday offense and or defense. I think Marcus major is going to be a massive impact on this game. I think his physicality and running style is going to play a critical role in setting the tone. Going to see a lot of Eric gray. Of course, the guy is really, he's proven himself already. But I think he's going to be a guy. Uh, also think Braden Willis makes his, <laughs> makes his presence known. Getting started in conference play. <laughs> Sticking <laughs> to his guns, baby. Yep. Sticking yep. to his guns. That's right, man. On defense. Danny Stutzman's the easy pick. I'm not going to go there. Jalen Redmond is going to have one of the best games of his career wow. in this game. This is where he's going to showcase that he's added some elements. He's going to showcase that he's gotten better against the run. He's going to showcase maybe a handful of moves that he's worked on in the offseason. This is where the improved coaching is over the the this offseason is really going to matter, really going to be be brought to light. Damien, what about you? Yeah, I'm looking offensively. I want to see Jalil Farouk let teams know if you bracket and or double cover. Um, you know, Marvin Mims, we will punish you. I think he had you ready for this. I think he has a higher ceiling than mm. Mims. Mm. I think, I think Farouk. Anyway, well, that's a conversation for it. Maybe that's like an yeah. off-season conversation. Maybe that's something we discuss in the off-season. But I'm looking for Farouk on offense to continue his momentum and let the Big 12 know you can't just bracket one side of coverage because we've got more than one dude. I, by the way, I love the Braden Willis. Of course, I know why you called it because you got to stick to your guns. So salute that. <laughs> um, also, shout out to Marvin. Uh, excuse me. Uh, Marcus Major, senior pops. I'm, you know, I'm looking forward to tailgating with you on Saturday. I told you I'd, I'd check in with you, so I look forward to seeing you there. By the way, guys, DM me on IG. I will be in town early on Saturday morning. If you've got a tailgate and you would love for us to come by, man, I'm all in on trying your food, taking pictures, telling stories, whatever it is. Please, by all means, Sooner Nation, let me know where you're at. I will be in campus on Campus Corner and then migrating over to Reeves Park and back. Uh, on defense. <laughs> On defense, I'm going to pick the easy route just because I think he is the Swiss Army knife that's going to make everything else go. We love on the on the back end, we've got Bowman and Woody. We love at the backer level, we've got a leader and stuntsman. We love at the D-line, Grimes is showing to be an alpha. And, of course, Redmond and, and Downs are guys who bring it. But I'm going with the puppy, baby. This is the game. The puppy lets everyone else know. 
that he is the next greatest thing at Oklahoma. And you guys know who I'm talking about, that Kansas kid himself, Canik. I'm looking for number seven to lead the team in tackles to create a takeaway like he did against Nebraska. Maybe he doesn't necessarily get it, but he's going to create a takeaway. He's going to lead the team in tackles, and he will be the individual we see most of the night bottling up Deuce Vaughn. Those are my matchup key performers that I think are going to make sure we win this game by four touchdowns going away. And then Texas Tech, you're next. Let's go. And Chris Kleiman, by the way. I don't know why I couldn't think of the daggum name. Uh, but anyways, man, what a big game coming up. The Sooners, K-State, this Saturday, 6 o'clock kickoff in Norman. The LEDs are going to be going off a lot. That's That's my prediction right there, man. A lot of LEDs. It's going to be a straight house party on Owen Field. They're going to be getting after it. Guys, go leave a rating and review. Let us know you like the show if you like the show. If you don't like the show, don't let us know. But that's my take on that. Go follow the social medias at The Barry and Mac Show. Twitter at Barry and Mac SHW. R-I-G's Dame That Dude. D-A-M-E-T-H-A-T-D-U-D-E. Mine is at Letter B W I S E fitness at B Wise Fitness and DMAC. We got some special stuff on the horizon coming up that has been in the works for a while. Just throwing some hints, some Easter eggs right now. But anything you want to say to the special stuff that is coming down the <laughs> down the road? Um, uh, I'm just grateful first things first be let me, let me just be very transparent man i'm grateful for you man you know building this relationship and you know literally turning a passion project into a vehicle that has turned into an opportunity to uh build a business and 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 build relationships um yeah man you know uh moving and transitioning into the month of october uh, we have been having conversations with with folk who want to, uh, you know, be in business with us and start business relationships with us, uh, be on the lookout for a multitude of uh, vehicles and or platforms where you guys can uh contact and communicate with us personally, um, have the ability to ask questions, uh, be someone who uh, has access over and beyond just, you know, our pod. And here's what I'll say, guys. I, there's no shenanigans. There's no smoke and mirrors. We just love to do this. And so as we transition into this passion project, um, transforming into something, who knows where it's headed? I'm not even going to put a name or a tag or anything like that on it. I'm just going to say I'm open to all opportunities and possibilities. I'm great. I'm eternally grateful that God has blessed both you and I, brother, with the opportunity to, to have this platform and engage with the Oklahoma community, uh, the Sooner community. And, uh, you know, you know. This is one of those things where you can kind of do it like at a 90 degree angle, or maybe you can do it at like a 180 degree angle, or you can be comprehensive and the circumference of a circle. And, you know, you can just cover all bases and kind of like, you know, do it 360 style, you know what I'm saying? Like 360 degrees of covering the Sooners. Like, what would it look like to be like Sooners 360? Like, what would that look like? You know what I'm saying? Like, what yeah, would that man. look like? Like, I'm excited to see what it will look like to have 360 degrees of coverage of the Sooner 
program football, softball, baseball, community service, the actual spotlight of all the players, what they do in the offseason, what's going on, you know, with their families. We'll see what happens, right? And then, of course, uh, you know, the podcast, man. I think people have appreciated the fact that it's authentic. Um, we keep it a hundred and we give you the raw. Like, I'm not here to sugarcoat. I'm not trying to make friends with anybody. I asked one man for permission to do this, and that was Coach V. And when Coach V said, Mac, you have my blessings, we said, let's go get it. Let's go get it. Game on. So that's what I'm going to say for now. If you want to add anything to that, I'm, I, you know, me, I like to stay vague. You know, if yeah. you guys are, <laughs> I'm a little vague with it. But if there's, if you want to put a little explanation point on it, you certainly can. Uh, I'm, I'm interested to see how you will articulate what's up in horizon uh, on the horizons i'm kind of with you man i am really excited to get a full all-encompassing view the the vehicle that allows people to gain a little more insight into what's going on with their program with the sooners I think it's best to go where you are most appreciated. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm. I just remember being recruited. I remember being recruited. And when I, uh, before I tore my ACL, I was committed to Stanford. Guys, I was going to Stanford 100%. My parents were not even, by the way, I didn't even get to enjoy recruiting because my parents were like, oh, Stanford's offering? You're going to Stanford. Like, that's, by the way, I'm being, I think I said that in pod one, uh, the first time we, our first episode. But I got injured. And after I get injured, uh, USC was hardcore. Mike Sherrard, receiver coach, he wanted me to play offense, in fact, and I wanted to play defense. Obviously, uh, shout out to, 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 to John Blake. You know, God rest his soul. He thought Roy. He, I, I firmly believe they knew Roy coming to Oklahoma, the, the possibilities of Roy coming to Oklahoma, Oklahoma will go up dramatically if I also went. But, you know, they weren't recruiting me on offense. They were recruiting me on defense. Um, Hawaii and Fresno State, right? So those are the four teams I said, hey, we'll honor the scholarships. USC, Oklahoma, Hawaii, Fresno State. I went to the place that felt like I got – they valued me the most. And mm. I think as we continue to grow this, I think we want to partner with and build relationships with – the platforms and individuals who value us and what we bring to the table. And I think that it's, it, you know, I think it's a matter of fact point to make. And I think it's kind of like flat and straight to the point um, as we grow and, and continue down this journey, that's where I want to align myself. And that's where I want to, you know, take this thing to the next level. Amen. It's, it's a new era in media. It's a new era in coverage. And I can't believe it, man, but we're, we're a part of, being on the forefront of that who whoever would have would have thought so so sooner fans stick with us down this road we we promise we appreciate you so much and we have we value all the support all, all of the love that you have given this show given to us all the hands that were responsible for helping this thing become what it is i mean shout out to everybody from you know people who would offer tips and tricks on getting the thing started and where to go to the um, individual who did our graphic design to our music. It is the sooner faithful, the, the people who wanted this thing to exist and then wanted to be a part of it. They didn't ask for a cent DMAC. They said, we appreciate what you're doing 
and we are supporting you and and we love that so sooner fans just we can't thank you enough um it, it is it is really honestly a blessing uh just this whole thing so man ready for some football this saturday make sure you tune in we'll have we'll have some more content coming this week maybe even some lives here on the instagram quite possibly uh so make sure you all tune in for that but go follow the social medias go leave a rating and review and we will see you guys soon shout out to the eight people who follow me on twitter <laughs> hey let's go awesome